Hey everybody, welcome to Raven's House of Horror. I'm Raven, here with today's review on the 2016 Lights Out. Which, what, this movie I've seen, I think, for the fourth time. So I figured I'd do a podcast on it, because I really enjoy this one. I'll get into how I feel about it and my talks about it in a bit. I'm just going to run down the synopsis and the cast and get going with that. So the synopsis is, Rebecca must unlock the terror behind her little brother's experiences that once tested her sanity, bringing her face to face with the supernatural spirit attached to their mother. So, sounds like a good one, right? And it's PG-13, so for a PG-13, it wasn't that bad. And I usually don't care that much for a PG-13 horrors because they usually fall flat sometimes. But if you use the visual and everything, right? And it doesn't have to be bloody, and it doesn't have to be crazy, but you just gotta use the light in, the creeping factor of it, right? And I think you can make it good, a PG-13 movie. And I actually enjoyed this one. So for the cast, you got Teresa Palmer, which I love her in a lot of different movies. She plays Rebecca, and you might know her from Warm Bodies and her new show, Discovery of the Witches. And she has actually a new movie that's out, I think it's an indie, um, The Twins. Then we have Gabriel Bateman, who plays Martin. You may know him from the, the 2019 Child's Play. Um, he plays Rebecca's younger brother. Then you have Maria Bello, who plays Sophie, the mom. You may know her from the 2008 Mummy, 2000 Coyote Ugly. And now she's playing Jack Sloan on NCIS now. That's her current role. Then we have Billy Burke, who plays Paul, Martin's father. And Sophie, not Sophie, sorry, and Rebecca's stepfather. And everybody would know him from Twilight as Charlie Swan. And he actually did a little good movie too, Red Riding Hood. That wasn't that bad, I think back in 2011. Then we have Alexander de Persergia. If I'm pronouncing that right, sorry if I'm not. He plays Brett, Rebecca's love interest. And that's like basically the main cast. You know the other people in the movie but these are like the main focus on these people that i'm just i just mentioned so like i said lights out is a real good modern day horror even though it's like seven years ago it came out it still holds up very well um start off all the actors did a wonderful job like there wasn't no cardboard cutouts in this one the little kid did a great job at, at martin and course Teresa Palmer she's always do a good job Maria Bello she's a seasoned vet Billy Burke you know he's a great actor and everybody did a good job in their parts so that's one thing I like I hate and I'm a big b-movie advocate I like to give them shout outs and do podcasts on them when I first started out I was doing a lot of b's and indie movies which I'm still gonna do here and there but I'm starting to get a little bit more mainstream but I still will give the shout outs into some b's and indies still so don't worry about that that's that's what you're into i love finding those little gems in there they hit or miss sometime now so um so now brett is rebecca's love interest he's basically looking for a relationship he's like hooked on rebecca in a good way and she's one of those standoff type of girl just giving you backstory on the characters real quick and she seemed like she's into horror rock or whatever and Brett seemed like a really nice dude and everything. 
Rebecca ran away basically from her family because, you know, how she was with her mother growing up. Her mother, Sophie, like basically had mental issues. And she was, when she, they found out when she was younger, she was put in a mental institution. And, you know, now her son is dealing with it, Rebecca's brother, Martin, and he's pretty scared being there left alone with her because he's basically actually seeing the things that Sophie, his mother, is being scared of. Like, they, everybody's thinking... This is like a thing in her imaginations. That's why she don't really want to talk to psychiatrists. And she knows the pills ain't really going to help her because she knows what's happening is real. And to give a quick backstory on what happened, they go through this in the movie, which I like. They don't do it right in the beginning of the movie to kind of like set the tone. They set the tone in a different way, what I'll get to. But basically, Sophie, when she was younger, she got sent to a mental institution where she met um diana diana is basically this troubled girl with a whole bunch of a whole bunch of like rashes and scratch marks on her but if come to find out that she had a rare skin disease for the sun you know basically some type of vampirism thing if she the sun touches her skin and she starts like kind of burning and she starts scratching and she's all just fucked up you know so she befriends sophie and next thing you know, Sophie starts thinking, like, this this, this girl is pretty kind of out there and crazy, you know. But long story short, they tried to do an experiment test on Diana, which didn't go well, and she died. And then some reason she started, even though as an entity started sticking with Sophie, and that's how it began. You know, they go into that in the middle kind of the movies, which I like how they take their time with it. They don't just jump into it. So they don't, like... They, this movie I like because they don't bore you with anything. It's like it jumps around a little bit and then it got a, a, a pace to it where it's not slow. It just actually really flows well because I'm not really a big slow-paced person, but there are good slow-paced movies, and I do give them a chance when I feel like it it deserves a watch from me because sometimes I just can't take it. My attention span is kind of short with certain things. And like I said, the characters did a good job. They were well-constructed. You know, They spent some time on each character that makes you feel, you know, what they're going through. And you're like, damn, just like try to put yourself in that situation. It's like, it's pretty fucked up, you know, because, you know, just imagine you're thinking your mom's crazy. Even though when Rebecca was a little girl, they do a couple of flashbacks, they show like she ran into the entity a few times, you know, as Diana. And now that's what her brother Martin is going through. So she understands. And now it's all coming back when she's thinking it was kind of like a bad dream kind of phase. But now she's seeing it happening. And Martin's starting to see it in the house. Like the whole thing is, just to break down more of a premise, not giving nothing away, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, basically. Not really big ones anyway. But um, Sophie talks to Diana, and Diana won't let her go. And the deal basically is she won't hurt Sophie's kids if she stays friends with her. So basically she's holding her hostage. But she'll beat up, like abuse Sophie and whatever, but she won't kill her because she needs Sophie to stay alive basically at this point as that entity, you know? So that's the only thing that's keeping really kind of Sophie alive and her kids. So when, you know, so when she was married twice, one to Rebecca's dad, where she thought ran away and find out other things happened to him when she discovered something in the basement. And that's, you know, you'll see that happen. I'm not going to go into all that. And then, like I said, in the beginning of the film, they just get right to it with um 
um, Paul, who's played by, you know, Billy Burke, his character, he's not in the, if, if you're a big fan of his, he's not in the movie no longer than five minutes, maybe, because they start off with him as Sophie's husband. And they'll give you a little backstory on Sophie's ex-husband, which they thought he just left and ran. So they, they tell the story pretty good. And it's a well-done story, which I like, you know. And for a supernatural movie, which you could find a lot of them drags out and really slow pace it, this was actually good. And it had a slow pace to it, but it always kept you interested in it. And that's what I really liked. And that's what made me really like about this movie, for me to watch something like this four times, you know. And the creep factor is, they did this very well. You know, if you're going to do a PG-13 movie and it's not going to be bloody and gory and then showing you all this horrific stuff, you got to do very, very well done things in other areas like the light, the atmosphere, the darkness of the movie. They had a well done creep factor in this. I mean, maybe to some people, if you're diehard horror fans like me, you've seen stuff that, you know, like some people watch and they can sleep the next day. So to me, this is like light, tame, but if you're not, you know, into the horror to that point and you haven't seen it all, <laughs> it's like, okay, this is creepy and this is got some good jump scares in there. But they, like I said, they play off the darkness and the lighting and the atmosphere very well, you know? And the visual effects, how they did um, Diana as the entity it's very well done too. And it wasn't like cheap um, FX. It wasn't cheap visuals that you see. And it's like sci-fi movie channel kind of visuals. It's done very well. And you could tell they put some money into that part. Like I said, if it's PG-13, you got to put the money in the parts where they did it. At, and they did it with the lighting and with the visual effects, which was very well done. And I enjoyed that part of it. And... What else did I like about this movie that could make y'all really into going to see it? Besides the visual, the kills, the kills, like I said, it's PG-13. So the kills wasn't, you know, brutal or crazy. And I'm not going to tell you some of the kills, how it happened. But like I said, they show a little bit of blood, nothing crazy. But I'll let you... Getting going to the kill scenes on your own fresh. I won't tell you anything about that. You know, I'm sure a lot of people seen this movie by now, but I'm sure some haven't yet, especially new up and coming horror fans. And like I said, it's well done. I would definitely I say see it. The movie flows. You never get bored. The good character build up is not that bad. I liked how they tell a backstory, and like I said, the visual, the creepy, creepiness of it is all well done. And I give this a three and a half Raven Wings Up. And for, for anybody that haven't seen it, I definitely say 100% see this. But I just want to give a shout out to like, because this motion picture was completely directed by horror expert David F. Sandberg, who made the decision to focus on the practical effects and avoid it as much as computer generated. Um, scenes as he can so that's what made this movie he did the right thing in this movie and it worked big time and i loved how he did it and if if anybody didn't know this was like actually a five minute short on youtube but then it started getting so much hits on youtube it's he's like 
let's see if we could get a budget for this and make it into a movie. And he got a nice little budget for it. I think like four, four or five million dollars. And it actually went made like, I think, 70, 65 or 70 million dollars in the United States and worldwide, like 120, 30 million, I think. Don't quote me on those, but something like that. And I'm heard. Don't quote me on this neither, even though I'm saying it. But they might be making another one, and I'm interested how. You know, so like I said, I'll give it a, a shot because the first one was well done. And so that's my review on Lights Out. If you haven't seen it, definitely give it a shot. Uh, like I usually do in most of my reviews, I'll do a little bit of trivia, a little bit of quotes. If I find anything good, I usually do it. But, you know, everybody got their different opinions, what good or not. So I got one here. The part where Teresa Palmer hadn't seen the design of Diana before filming until she filmed her first scene with her on a completely dark set. This was intentional director, directorial choice so as to provoke a gen genuine reaction to, of fear when first seeing the design Alicia Vela Bailey, the woman in the costume, was previously Palmer's stunt double, and she was actually her stunt double on I Am Number 4. It would have ruined the effect had she seen her prior as she would have recognized her, therefore losing the authentic expression of fear. So I think that's pretty cool that they just, the first take, they actually showed her on how Diana looked as her entity, which is pretty cool, which is pretty creepy. And, and another thing with with Diana, usually you just see her as a shadow and a little bit of glowing eyes, which is pretty creepy how they use the flickering lights with the darkness and everything. But they do show, reveal her face in arms. And so you get to see like some, some good FX close up, you know. Um, director David F. Sandberg aimed to use as much authentic lighting for the film as possible. Some scenes were only lit by candle lights or fluorescent tubes. Like I said, it's going back to me saying like I loved how they did the light in the darkness of the movie. It was just, the visual effect of it is awesome. Just to see that alone, to me as a horror fan, I love stuff like that. Here's another one on the wall in Rebecca's room. A poster reads "Slack Tit." I don't know if you're pronouncing it right, but it's S L A C K T, which is Swedish for "lights out" or "extinguish." I like these little, you know, fun fact things. So I hope you guys enjoy them. I look these up here and there. Um, I'll do a, f a few more. A sequel to the film was immediately greenlit after the film recouped its budget on the upcoming weekend alone. Like I said, it did so good in the upcoming weekend and worldwide that they greenlit a sequel, but I haven't had nothing, heard nothing and it's been seven years. So hopefully they get on that and they are going to do something. I'll do one more, more for you guys. The film was pushed from a winter to a summer release following positive audience reaction from test screening. So, like I said, I honestly don't have nothing bad to say about this movie. I haven't seen or heard any critic reviews. I mean, everybody got their own opinion, so you guys may or may not like it as much as I do. But everything, you know, everybody's different, you know. So... That's my review on the 2016 Lights Out. Thank you guys for listening. And like I said, if you ever want to um, hear me review on anything, you can always go to my Instagram. 
That's at Ravens underscore horror or my horror Instagram podcast, Ravens underscore house of horror. And my shows are always put out every Sunday at 9 p.m. And my link is in the bio. You can always listen to it on Spotify, Apple, or Anchor FM podcast. Thanks for listening. And Raven is out. Till next time.